Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 1948 film, The Snake Pit, is, uh, I believe it's Oscar winning, I would need to double check on that uh, film, with Olivia de Havilland, playing a woman who has um, some adventures, uh, adventures in, in quotes, um, obviously, uh, in, um, in her experiences being institutionalized. Uh, in a very, uh, I don't want to say historic film, though it, I imagine it would be in, in many ways. Uh, joining us today, as she does first Monday of every month, is Anne Feustel, author of our favorite movies, How Films Affect Our Mental Health. Uh, Anne, thank you for uh, being here today. Thank you. I'm excited as always to be here. Okay, so, um, now I did want to mention, uh, if you are hearing this on the first Monday of March, you remember remembered to upload this properly. If you're not hearing this on a first Monday in March, it means I screwed up and I do apologize to all parties involved. <laughs> um, I do want to uh, mention a couple of resources um, up front. I know that there are a couple different crisis text lines available. In the U.S., you can text HOME. H-O-M-E to 741741. In the UK, you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T to 85258. Depending upon where you are in the world, there are others, I, I believe. So check your local listings, um, as they say. Um, and thank you for uh, being back here today. I appreciate it. Yeah. I really love this movie we're going to talk about. Definitely. I, I love it too. And it's something where I still think it's an, it's an awesome movie. And I believe it was nominated. I'm not sure what, what the nominated win ratio is, but it was Oscar nominated. I just and, looked it up um, while you were doing the intro. So it won an Academy Award for Best Sound Recording. It was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Best director, best music, score, picture, writing. So it got a ton of nominations, but it just won the one. Correct. And and the main character is played by Olivia de Havilland, playing um, Virginia Cunningham. Yeah. Her name that is it's she she has to be reminded of it uh, uh, several times in in the film or, or is asked about her name so um and it's a film that i am not honestly i'm not a huge fan of the other movie that <laughs> olivia de Havilland is known for and I'll, I'll probably leave it at that so as i don't so i don't get in trouble with uh listeners to to the podcast <laughs> um this is the one that i prefer to remember her by <laughs> and, I, and i guess i'll leave it at that <laughs> there we go <laughs> um, but the 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 standard narrative or, or plot line or whatever you want to call it of you know quote unquote ins insane asylum that is not the most accurate or even historically accurate because I know that it it takes place obviously contemporary for, for the time in the 1940s uh, early 1950s. And this was a time, obviously, before a lot of the changes in health and medicine 
in the US and, and elsewhere. So that's an important point to, um, to keep in mind when, when, when watching it. Yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely. It, it's, it's very different. It, you sort of look at the history of, of these kinds of institutions. So uh, back in the 40s was a lot different than it is now, a lot different than it was 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I mean, every, every 10, 20 years, things get radically different when it comes to places like that. Because, because what I, I what I always found fascinating about the film each time each time I see it, is I want to know her story and what brought her there, and, and they tell you it in flashback, obviously, but mm -hmm. even when you've seen it more than once, you still want to come along to see what, you know, it, it, and it's got a, um, I don't want to say a, a Freudian um psychoanalytical analytical vibe but it's but it sort of does in a way oh it definitely i would definitely say it does i mean that was that was the therapy back then was mm -hmm. was the freudian the psychoanalysis that's what you know that was all that was the only thing that was around mm -hmm. was was psychoanalysis in that time period Correct, but it but it is told in in a flashback uh scenario rather than a direct point A to point B to point C to point D storyline, but it is told in a, in a, in a flashback um, scenario. Do you think that this is a, a movie where the, the flashback setup works in its favor? Or do you think that it's, um, that it would have been, because I think it sort of works that, that way because it kind of goes back and forth in, in many ways. You know, I think it, it works, especially if you want, to really get inside the mind of the main character, Virginia. I mean, because as you go through, there's so much she doesn't remember. Sometimes she remembers almost nothing about her life. She doesn't remember that she's married. She doesn't remember, you know, that this boyfriend of hers that was killed in this car accident. She, you know, she, there's all kinds of things she doesn't remember. So when we don't know that stuff either, it, it helps us really understand her and have empathy for her and feel like we're there you know i really love movies where you're so much inside of the main character's head it's just something about that i think is pretty special correct you know what just dawned on me um and this is going to sound super super trivial but there was a, a date uh, a calendar date in the film, and I, I forgot what it was either March or May. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be like perfect timing if this if this podcast episode goes live on that day? So it could be it's, like I don't think it's first Monday though, but I it's May twelfth. So yeah, you May have 12th, to hold okay. on to this for a while. <laughs> Just I'd be like, wouldn't that be perfect timing? I mean, if it were yeah. if, they, if they could have step in a time machine and go, hey guys, could you move it to like first Monday in, in you know May or, or so I could like. <laughs> That just thought that'd be like because it is a key a key plot point is the the calendar day of of that going mm -hmm. to the whole um, you know psychological vibe of of, of storyline. <laughs> yeah, um, that that would have been fun, but yeah, uh, <laughs> a little little while for that. Yeah, I got got to wait. But it is very it is very much a. Um, like a serious, you know, quote unquote, serious issue movie. 
for mm-hmm. for that era. I know, you know, a movie like, you know, Best Years of Our Lives or, uh, you know, Imitation of Life or, or Pinky or, you know, and oddly enough, seems like it's a, it's a short list. I mean, for the amount of mo- movies that have come out in the golden age mm-hmm. and like in a year, it's actually a very small list. And really no, is. you have, from the ones you have seen, would you say this is the most sort of realistic portrayal or maybe it's not like super realistic it's not a documentary it's not exactly how it happened but do you think it's more realistic than a lot of the other movies during that time period that had the same subject matter i i would say to some degree yes which which is a i guess a measured or, or somewhat reserved uh possibly yes I would imagine other, uh, you know, non-Hollywood films might have done it better for that time frame. Uh, I would say um, a lot of the Italian neo-realist, neo-realist films coming out at the time, I know many of them did a a more realistic uh, portrayal, Uh, Bergman, but I, I think Bergman was more in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were two prominent examples. But for a mainstream Hollywood film, I think it is one of the, 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 more, the more prominent where it is treated with, with you know, all due reverence or, or respect. And it's, it's, not, it's not treated in a melodramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. It might seem melodramatic from 2020 uh, watching it, um, but I don't think it was intended to be watched or regarded in a melodramatic way. So I guess it would be a roundabout way, yes, with with some reservation or, or uh, you know, a, a measured yes or, or whatnot. Because if this is, um, you know, emblematic of an issue movie, quote unquote, for that era, mm-hmm. I would say it's on the you know the on the plus side for me. I would say it's it's definitely on the um, more more pro th- than con. I guess you could say. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious about that, about sort of how it stacked up against the other movies of the time. Yeah, I mean, if if you were gonna put it up against, um, you know, a Bergman movie or. Um, you know, one of Martin Scorsese's uh, favorite movies of the era that were um, trying to brain freeze on, on the Italian director. Um, Fellini? Not Fellini. He was, he was much later. And uh, um, well, not quite, not too later, but uh, I'll probably wake up at like 4 a.m., you know, and, and go, ah, that's, that's a director. Um, <laughs> trying to blink on the name. <laughs> But, but I think uh, in and of itself, I think, yeah, absolutely. It is something that I guess does um, qualify, I guess, for serious, you know, con- consideration or discussion in the mental health area, because it wouldn't be until, you know, um, the mid 1970s when you had a certain movie that I would prefer not to mention, <laughs> which, right. you know, the one that won the, the big four at the Oscars, which turned that same setting into essentially, uh, you know, a circus with complete with, you know, circus sideshow and, and theatrics. And 
it was much there was much less in the snake pit yeah. it, it it didn't seem as cartoonish and as circusy in the snake pit so so on that basis alone the fact that you're watching it and you don't you don't seem like you're watching a circus sideshow like you like with the other movie exactly. and, and there's no uh one character of the um, of, of the patients, I hesitate to say inmates, uh, but of the patients, there's no one patient. You know, in fact, there's, it's not even a patient. It's the, it's the nurse. There's a, a nurse in the snake pit who at one point, uh, the Olivia de Havilland character asked her, why are you so mean to me? Why don't you, why don't you like me? And, and the camera stays on her for a moment. And you see like her reaction that she's sort of like taken aback that, you know, and you sort of feel for her in a way. Yeah. And it, it's a sharp contrast to the other nurse that, that uh, you know, a cartoon figure in, the, in a, that other film. And it's like that right there. I mean, how, how revolutionary, well, not to say revolutionary would be the right word, but to have a, a nurse who would otherwise be, you know, a villain or demonized. And the main character of the film is 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 speaking up to her, going, you know, why don't you like me? Why are you so mean? And and you sort of feel for that nurse at a, at, a, at, a, at a few times. Well, it's really interesting because they sort of draw the parallels with the nurse and Virginia and how yeah. she had such problems with her mother. Yeah. Right. I sort of saw that was that part of the thing where Virginia did not like authority figures. Yeah. You know, she she was not a fan, and if somebody was you know, the nurse wasn't exactly the nicest nurse ever, but yeah. you know, she she had a lot of patients. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. it was a huge institution that Virginia was part of, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it was a lot of stress. Yeah. So you get to see that in there, and you see sort of that struggle with you know somebody who was used to having control, mm-hmm. and somebody else who doesn't respect that, and. Right. It was it was an interesting dynamic I thought in the film. Correct. Um, now you had made mention of one of the characters who is played of all people by Natalie Schaefer, aka Mrs. Howell from Gilligan's Island. Oh, so really? that is uh, so that's a nice treat for those who haven't seen it. You get to see Mrs. Howell from Gilligan's Island in uh, in a pre Gilligan's Island role. Um, playing playing her mother in uh, in a flashback scene, uh, but now one thing I, I did want to um, mention is there is a um, a certain I'll, I'll say the word controversial um, treatment option that's depicted in in the snake pit, and I'm, I'm referring to the ECT and and the the um, various uh, iterations of, of it. And it, that is treated more as, as a plot device in, in the film rather than making a point either way. Because I know that that, as soon as I mentioned that ECT, I know there's probably people listening either about to turn this off or send me hate mail or whatever, or you know, very, very strong opinions on both sides, both sides yeah. of it. And it's under, you know, it's understandable. People yeah. have positive, very positive and very negative, mm-hmm. you know, reactions to it. Well, not reactions, but mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, ECT is, is now a lot different than it was then. And 
you know, they use less electricity that tends to be, you know, as far as I can understand, I have not had ECT myself, but from my research and from talking to other people, basically somebody is under anesthesia, they get muscle relaxants. Uh, it's a very small electric current. It's, it's very safe. Um, I know that some pregnant women actually get ECT instead of taking medications because of the side effects from certain medications. So, but I don't want to discount the people who have not had a pleasant experience with it, but there are a lot of people who swear by ECT. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those who have not had the best experience, like I said, I, I, I hear your pain and, and um, you know, I, I stand with you and it's like I said, by no means am I or, or am minimizing any of what you've, um, you've been through. So I just, I just want to, want to clarify that. Um, but, um, but yeah, it is a, um, it is a film that, that, that I've always liked because it's not a, I mean, it is a drama. I mean, in, in the genre of, of a drama, but it's not something that, is um, like a like a loose a few brain cells sort of movie. It's a movie where you have to kind of pay attention. But even if you don't pay attention, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of story in there. Exactly. You know, I had rewatched it like six weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Do I need to watch it again?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch <laughs> it again. Just make sure I got." And I was like, "Wow, there's some stuff that I don't remember from the last yeah. rewatch." Yeah. So. Um, but there, yeah, there's so much stuff, you know, one of my favorite scenes is towards the end is that, um, Virginia has befriended this woman named Hester and who doesn't speak, um, except at the very end and, um, who is very sort of doesn't want anyone near her, this Hester. And so Virginia decides to befriend her and get close to her. And she talks to the psychiatrist about how, you know, sometimes it's somebody who has mental health issues is the one who can best help other people with mental health issues. And I really like that part. And you see at the very beginning, it's sort of a mirror because at the beginning you see somebody else at the institution helping her mm -hmm. when she's at one of her worst spots. Yeah. Well, it, um, well, you had mentioned um, a few minutes ago about how realistic I think it is or how accurate. And um, one movie that kind of jumps to my mind as far as, you know, the same time period and the same sort of uh, Freudian analytical vibe is the Hitchcock movie Spellbound, which has quite a few similarities. But in the case of Spellbound, I don't think it's anywhere near as realistic as, for example, in Spellbound, uh, Ingrid Bergman plays the analyst for uh, Gregory, the character played by Gregory Peck, who are uh, romantically involved, unethically, yeah. needless to say, among yeah. other um, issues. The equivalent to that in, in this film would be uh, the Olivia de Havilland character hooking up with, with Dr. Kick. Which oh, that she would, doesn't hook up with it. Yeah, that yeah, I'm just saying, that would be the equivalent of that happening. Which oh, is, which I see. Doesn't. I thought you were like yeah. that happened. I'm like, yeah. wait a second, what movie were you watching, Brian? <laughs> yeah, but I mean that would that would that's what it would look like. I mean, okay, got it. That's yeah. what it would look like, and that's so. In 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 terms of other films of that era, such as the Hitchcock film uh, Spellbound, mm -hmm. this one compares more favorably and more you know accurately. Because there, there is that 
um, a more clearly more clearly defined boundaries <laughs> between uh, medical staff and patients. Right. So that right there wins big point bonus points for me <laughs> having you know a standard uh you know professional boundaries in place yeah yeah i don't like the movies where they have the patient and the therapist or psychiatrist <laughs> yeah. they hook up like I just, let's stop what i don't want to i don't want to see that <laughs> yeah because i because i've been holding off doing something on, on spellbound and i don't know if i just did by mentioning it <laughs> but for that reason because there's a lot there's a lot of issues that i have with uh, spellbound that um not one of hitchcock's movies not one of hitchcock's best movies by the way not one of gregory hicks gregory uh peck's best not one of ingrid bergson's best um but by, but by the same token this is one of olivia de Havilland's best and right. it is one of director anatole litvak's best um, who um, he, he is um, the, the director. He apparently did not have a lot of major like blockbuster, you know, box office hits. I think another one he did, I believe, was Anastasia with um, with Yul Brynner and Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> okay. uh, but I think that might be one of the other films he did that might be more well known to a casual moviegoer but i don't think he is fairly well known as being like a you know a box office popular sort of director who people would know by by name even though he did work in the studio system for years but is probably not that well known except for maybe you know movie snobs who are even snobbier for the era than i might be Yeah, I'd never heard of him before yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, but um, now is it what else would um, for those who might not have seen it? What else would we just say for the, for people to look for in the film, or what kind of jumped out at you as far as um, you know mental health topics or themes or or whatnot? Sure. Um, I was kind of curious what her today what her diagnosis would be. And I'm wondering if she suffered from depression um, with and psychosis of some sort. I thought that was, you know, interesting. Like, what what would she have uh, been diagnosed with today? Um, you know, she had the trauma of her father dying when she was so young, and she had the trauma of her previous boyfriend dying in the car accident where she felt it fault. So I don't know, it could be PTSD, could be several different things. So yeah, I would, I would what probably, her diagnosis would be. Yeah, I would say, and again, not getting into armchair diagnosis, which I guess it sort of would be just by, by way of conjecture or whatnot. Um, I would probably be leaning more towards depression or, or, or the PTSD because mm-hmm there was a lot of trauma at play. And I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying that because it's kind of alluded to not, not too subtly uh, throughout the, the film. Um, so I would maybe be more on the side of, um, of, of depression or, or, or PT, PTSD 
mm-hmm. sort of um, that's that's kind of what was pointed out in, in many right. ways. Yeah. So that was that was interesting. I think also just sort of like all the different pieces of of the movie, all the different actors that were part of it, and it was just this it was just this really interesting sort of puzzle of um, everybody who was in all the medical staff, all the patients who were involved. And it felt like every, even every very small character was like a three-dimensional person. I think that's something that I really liked about it was that, you know, everybody felt like there was some kind of, there could be some kind of backstory to that person. you know, I really like that, that it just felt very three-dimensional. Yeah, absolutely. And and there was no um, equivalent to a um, to a Jack Nicholson in, in that mm-hmm. other film. Whereas there was a counterpart to, say, uh, a Brittany Murphy character in, Gil- in Girl Interrupted. Oh, That's easier yeah. to see in a snake pit than in that other film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. There is a, a wider range of seeing these the, these fellow uh, patients as three dimensional characters, and having mo- more um, not 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 being so one dimensional, which is what kind of we, we see you know a few years later with that other film, kind of led to its uh, you know inevitable uh, attraction for criticism is not exactly. having that, that uh, level of, of depth with, with, with those characters. Um, and uh, apparently the, 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 the film, the, the, the title of the film, um, I've only ever heard that term as the title of, of the film. Have you ever heard that term before? No, the snake bit. I thought that no. was, I mean, I thought it was sort of a disturbing thing, the yeah. idea of a snake bit being how that they would put people who have mental health issues and in a pit with snakes thinking it would somehow like the bites would shock them out of their is that, problems. Is like that, that where, was, yeah, is that where that term originates? Is it like a, well, that's what it says in the movie. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. That's what, that's what they're, that's what it said in the movie that, that, that was the, uh, you know, original meaning of a snake pit. But, um, yeah, yeah I'd never heard of it before. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I've never heard of that term either, but, but, but before the uh, before the film. Um, but um, but yeah, it is like I said, it is worth watching. I know that the DVD has a director's well, not obviously, I don't think it's a director, but a, a commentary track, which I don't know how much of, of this conversation dovetails with that commentary track. I would imagine that it might be more making of related, you know, stuff about Olivia de Havilland or whatnot. Because when I, when I have seen the, the DVD box that has the commentary description on it, I don't think it was a, um, I don't think it was anyone, and I could be mistaken on it, but I don't think it was in the context of anything mental health related, but more in like a Hollywood background sort of commentary. So for, those who might be watching the DVD that has a commentary track, this might be another angle, another aside to the uh, commentary, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I haven't listened to the commentary, so I can't 
Yeah, and it's one of the things you. where um, the library where, where I live, they have curbside, you know, they're calling it curbside service. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I haven't gone back because they have the, this DVD in circulation there, but I haven't had a chance to, to go back and, and do the curbside pickup to, to get it. So we have to wait for when it reopens to to do that. But but definitely, is, the, the Sneak Pit is definitely a film that is worth watching. I know if you're sitting at home and wondering, oh, what's on Netflix tonight? Do not say what's on Netflix tonight. You should say Snake Pit. I don't think I've seen that yet. Is that on Netflix? That's the question to be asking. Um, I don't think it is, but I don't. Yes, I don't, I don't think it is either. Out. So, <laughs> so if the answer is no, then the next question of that should be, well, how can I find the Snake Pit? In which case, I know it's on. I think it's on some streaming sites. I'm not sure. I think it might be on. I don't know if it's on HBO Max or. One of, one of those streaming sites, but I'm pretty sure it might be on one of those. But even if not, I mean, just check your local library and, and they would likely have it or, because um, it's not, it's by no means out of print by any means. Yeah. It is yeah. it is readily available and in circulation and might not be streaming on Netflix right at this moment, but who knows, it might be, you know, and, you know, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, it might. Yeah, I, I originally got my, uh, I originally got a copy from the library and I just loved it so much. I asked oh, so you, it, so you got it from the library. You got it from the library too then. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Well. But now I, now I own it. Now cool. I own it. Yeah. And, and I didn't mean to go off on some soapbox about people who say, is it on Netflix tonight? Cause I, I just hate hearing that phrase. It's like, it's like nobody will watch anything that's not on. And it's like, really, you're not going to watch a movie unless it's on Netflix. I mean, I don't, like I said, that's that's just me. I'm not gonna. I don't want to offend anybody listening to the podcast. I'm not. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, I could never say that phrase. <laughs> I could never say that phrase. It's like I would look at my DVR, look at all the movies that I have on, you know, from Turner Classic Movies, or, and not once have I ever said what's on Netflix tonight because <laughs> there's so many other movies I would want to watch, besides whatever's on. You know what I mean? So it's kind of yeah. No, totally. I mean, I think Netflix is great. Yeah. There, you can see so many different movies. I've been watching some different mental health movies on Netflix yeah. in the last month or so um, that I really liked. But I think, you know, we got to expand outwards. And, yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of older movies that are not available yeah. on Netflix. Yeah, definitely. And um, The Snake Pit, like I said, it, it may not be on Netflix right at this moment when you're listening to this podcast, but. You know, give it time. It, it may show up on Netflix um, sooner or later. I would imagine if enough people are talking about it and if it's in the news. And I think it was in the news for a while when Olivia de Havilland, um, you know, left us. Um, it could show up on, on Netflix, you know, so you never know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll get off my soapbox about that because I'm, okay. like I said, I, <laughs> now that I've offended much of the listening audience to this podcast. So I, um, but yeah, um, so anything else about the, the snake pit that I, I didn't ask about or that we didn't cover? I'm just trying to think if there was anything else about it. Oh, one of the things that was interesting was just the fact that and I think I was talking about this a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. just the fact that it was such a big institution she was part of mm-hmm. and her psychiatrist, Dr. Kick kept, so the other doctors were trying to convince her or convince him that 
they should just let Virginia out because her husband wanted her and you know he was ready to take care of her and we got you know all these hundreds of patients let's just sort of get rid of her um and he was very much about no like I I I need to help this person and sort of you know that whole thing of that having somebody really be in your corner and want to help you uh, even if it seems like it's against all odds I thought that was good I mean I thought it was helpful to see a mental health provider shown in such a good light in that movie because like you said that other movie there was the the one health provider who was a terrible person so we want to you know show that you know there's good folks out there even you know back then and now who want to help people and that just occurred to me some what you were just saying right now um as far as the how formalized it was in terms of like the level one and level two and level three um do you think it's some weird way they were they were kind of shooting for a like a dante's inferno different layers of hell but not outright doing it yeah i think there was definitely part of that I, i mean the whole the well especially that shot towards the end where she's in that that ward 33 the giant mm-hmm. ward and it sort of starts sort of panning up and it's oh, sort yeah, of, yeah. you know and it looks like there's these bodies that are sort of in agony and and this big group of you know when you start looking up it's just it looks you know it, it looks like you're looking on and on something that's very wrong mm-hmm. so i i think that's entirely possible that um that could have been part of the the thinking of of the movie or or the book i didn't read the book but yeah. oh that's movie. right there there is um and i specifically did not look for the book because there have been a couple different movies i'm not going to mention the movies because i don't think they're mental health related but when i looked for the books they were on i think ebay or amazon for like a hundred dollars because they were never reprinted they mm-hmm. were they were published when the when the movie came out in the 1940s or 50s, but they were never reissued. So I'm looking on eBay or Amazon, and I see this book that's uh, apparently the a movie that was based on, or, or movie, the film was based on a book, and the book was never reprinted. It was like a first edition from like when the and I don't know if Snake Pit is in that same category. So this is exciting. So I was I was looking for the book because I wanted to read it. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it had, it's going to be reprinted this year. Yeah. Oh, seriously? But, yeah. And like, cool. I think May. Cool. So, um, cause I was really, I was really excited about that because yeah. I was going to go to try to find it. Yeah. And I think it was, I could find a copy, some used copy that somebody had, yeah. you know, put on Amazon used mm-hmm. on selling on, but it was like 30 or 40 bucks or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah um so and it was going to take like a month to get here something like that so i said uh, well i'll just wait until until it comes out but they're going to have a kindle edition they're going to have the hardcover and so i'm pretty excited about that very cool cool well well um well after we went down i did want to mention um a few more resources i know that um you always want to emphasize um, help available and resources available. And I did want to mention uh, a few more uh, resources available. I know that there is Mental Health America, mhanational.org. There's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, there's also Mad in America, 
Um, and there's also your book, um, Our Favorite Movies, uh, How Films Affect Our, Our Mental Health. And for those who haven't read the book, um, it is written in a very conversational style, like how we're talking now. So a very, um, you know, comfortable read. It's not, um, like I said, it's a very, it's written in a very conversational style. Um, so how would people um, get, get a copy of the book or get in contact with you if they had any, any questions? Sure. Um, so my book is on Amazon. Um, so you can get it there, uh, both print copies, and you can get a Kindle version. Um, if you're interested in getting in touch with me, um, you can reach out to me uh, on my Facebook business page, which is Writing Wisely, or on Instagram, I'm Ann Foistel author, that's A-N-N-E-F-E-U-S-T-E-L author. Um, so that's how you can get in touch with me. And yeah, I, I get a lot of good feedback about the book. And thank you for saying that, Brian. Yeah, it is, look at that. It is a very, um, a very comfortable read. There's a lot of books that are written in a, in an academic style, particularly with relation to the mental health. And this one is it's written in a very conversational style, like how we're talking now. I mean, that's the, it's a very very good read, very good thank read. You. So, um, but thank you for for being here today. And and again, if you're listening, be sure to like I said first Monday of every month. So ideally you'll be hearing this first Monday in March, unless I forget, which I'm not going to forget. So you're going to hear this first Monday in March and then the first Monday in April and, and, and so on and so forth. So um, again, thank you for being here today and um, stay safe everyone and uh, talk with you next time. Uh, bye. Bye. Uh, let me go ahead and